Yeah. Cool, I'm starting my stopwatch. That's a good start. It's always a good, good idea. Awesome, guys. Yeah, welcome, welcome here uh, to this beautiful place where we're going to meet with Jesus. So we really have been meeting with him. And um, yeah, so tonight... I'm going to share, if, you want to, if you're taking notes, the title of the topic is Wholehearted Obedience. Wholehearted Obedience. And it's quite interesting, um, Vanessa actually shared that scripture. I don't think she knew what I was going to share. Out of Jeremiah, <clears throat> it actually says the same thing, but there is just this theme of wholehearted obedience that comes through the Bible um, as we get to know our incredible Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're going to actually, I'm just going to mix it up. I just felt... Um, Prophetically, I know Andrew did say we mustn't uh, preach prophetically, but um, <laughs> I'm just joking. I was saying we had a we had an eldest time. Well, I wasn't there, but I took copious notes, and he's saying how we can up our level of preaching. So I've been listening very carefully to that and trying to improve. But I am going to try to stick to my notes. But I just felt Psalm 92. Maybe you can just stick it up. 92 verse 4. We'll start there. If we can find it. Sorry, I know it was further down. But it's just something, maybe I'll just, um, I'm going to say it out loud. How's that? Because it's actually from the New Living Translation. Psalm 92 verse 4 says, You thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. O Lord, what great works you do, and how deep are your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, God, just, Lord, we just want to say, God, from the outset, that actually, Lord, you thrill us, Lord, with all you've done for us, God, not just what you've done, but who you are to us, Lord, and we want to say, Lord, we want to exalt you in this place, that you would be glorified, that you'd come of your way, even as I share a message that I believe is on your heart, God, that you would just come and do what's impossible for man, God, that this would be something of your Holy Spirit just working through just um, your servant here that doesn't have a lot to offer, but has you to offer, in Jesus' name, amen. Yo, guys. Um, so this afternoon, we're going to be talking a bit about how we can grow in God uh, by serving the Lord Jesus Christ with our whole heart. Musenberg, it's been amazing here. I mean, we've been going for like just over three years. Um, for those, those that are visiting, I know that some people are first time, um, but we've grown about double. I think we're about 30-odd people that came here out of Weinberg. In fact, we've got Estian here that uh, wasn't leading then, but was part of the team, the eldership team that actually sent us out. And we were planted as another congregation. We planted out from Weinberg to Musenberg. And it's exciting to see the growth. Like we've actually seen a growth, not just in numbers, but actually in our, um, just in a sense, in our depth of relationship with Jesus and also with one another. There really is just a sense of a family um, and yeah, just this, this growth, not just in number. So, but often what happens, we might come into church, you might be sitting here tonight and going, no, you, you maybe got a preconceived idea of what it means to serve the Lord. Um, and, and many of us, we've served faithfully out of duty. We might be coming here uh, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, and going like, you know what, this is just something we do. Like, this is just, we've got to do church, it's good to be faithful, and that's, it's good to be faithful. We're going to talk probably a bit about faithfulness. There's nothing wrong with that. It's amazing, and I think it's something that's actually lacking in our culture, but um, in that sense of duty, we can also miss the wonder of the mercy that God has for us personally. We might have lost touch and lost sight of the view of God's mercy that he had for me individually when I gave my heart to Jesus. Hey? Has that happened to some of us? Some of us, we might have been saved long ago, but we actually go, God, I've actually lost sight of it. So we're going to look at a scripture. In fact, two scriptures. We're going to put them on the board now. Romans, um, Romans 12, verse 1. 
If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there, otherwise we're going to throw it up on the board. Um, we're going to start there. It says here, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So in light of God's mercy, here we've, we've got Joshua's his last words. He was speaking to Caleb um, as he was about to pass on from this world. And he, it was obviously of importance here. It was something uh, that he got to share. We're going to talk about what this is now, just now in Joshua 24 verse 14. But this links to this view of God's mercy and what we should do in light of that. So we're going to have a look at it, Joshua 24 verse 14. So this is Joshua's last word, almost his last words as he was about to, to go back to the Lord. He said, So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped. Sure. Hardcore, eh? So it's, when, we, when we come to serve God, we're going we're gonna to dig a bit into this. Um, He's asking us something of a wholehearted service, something of a wholehearted following. In Matthew, I haven't got it in my notes here, but in Matthew, it talks about when Jesus called the first disciples, he said, come, follow me. And so, you know, it was incredible. From the get-go, those first disciples, they actually, they left, they left everything. They were fishing along the Sea of Galilee, and they left their work. They left their father, their mother, they left everything, and they wholeheartedly followed after God. And those, those 12 disciples are... Because of what they've done, their obedience, they are actually, we are living today in what uh, they broke open. So there is something of this radical gospel of actually going, God, he's calling us to come and follow him with everything, to leave it all, because he's so worth it in light of his mercy. So let's have a look again at, and we're going to dig into the first point, which is the mercy of God, which is Romans 12 verse 1. So you can pop that up back up on the board there and just have a look at that. So let's just read it one more time. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And yeah, this is just something, I mean, for myself personally, when we see God, like when we see what he's done, the, um, Jesus, for who he truly is and the mercy that he's shown us, we are able to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. If, we've, if maybe we've... we've We've forgotten about that. I don't know if you, some of you guys have probably been saved for a long time, right? Hey? Or you're mostly old, old Christians. But there might be some, who's been saved like less than a year here? Hey? Anybody like that? Or two years? Where's Emmanuel? Has he gone? Hey, how long have you been saved? A long time. Ah, oh, okay. But no, no recent converts here. That's a problem, people. <laughs> we need to get more people here that have, that have recently found God. But it is a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing to actually remember, to remember that the mercy that has shown us, because we get used to it. We're like, okay, God, I'm your canala, I'm your friend. You love me. I love you. But actually, but actually, it's in view of his mercy. It's in view of what he's done for us that we can actually, even, that we're able to serve him and uh, lay ourselves down for God. So. Yeah, and that's an incredible thing. He stepped into our lives, guys. He actually, he's, we were far from him. We were sinners. I remember, I remember, I was, I, was, I don't know about you guys, but I was a fraught sinner. I was enjoying my sin, having a big party with life, carrying on. 
But God, in His mercy, actually stepped into that situation. He didn't step into my world when I was perfect, like holy Julian, the elder. <laughs> he, was, he, came across, he came into my life. He actually stepped in and He forgave me of my sin. I was in a desperate need of a Savior. Um, so, yeah, so those things do come. Those, and, and the test of life can actually taint that view of God. Like Some of you guys might be sitting here today and you actually might have lost view of that mercy of God. You might have actually seen the mercy of God through a, a tainted lens. You might not be seeing it clearly as the way you should because tests might have come and you might have gone, you know what, God, I'm disappointed in you. I'm actually, I'm hurt. Like, I've, you actually, I don't know if I love you the same as I used to because you've allowed things to happen in my life, which I don't agree with. I, you've made it hard for me, Lord, and it's hard to serve you wholeheartedly. And I'm re- I really trust that tonight God is going to give us something of a revelation of the love that he has, the mercy that he's shown us, and how much, yeah, how much we actually don't deserve what he gives us. And God, you know, he allows his tests to come. He allows things to happen in our lives um, for us not to fail, but to actually pass, to say, God, you know what? You're, you've, you've allowed these things to happen. You've allowed hectic circumstances in my life, but not for me to fail, but for me to pass. He's a good taskmaster. He's not like an evil teacher that wants you to fail and get like 40% and not get through matric. He's actually a good God. And he allows these things to happen, that he would test our hearts, that we would actually pass and come through. So, Romans 12, verse 1. Let's just have a look at that. Um, This is the second part of Romans 12, verse 1. It says, So in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So if we, if we see God's mercy, we can then offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our spiritual act of worship. Um, yeah, and just for myself, I mean, I, I was just sharing just on Wednesday night that um, it's easy to forget how merciful God has been to us. And it's good to share your testimony. When was the last time you guys actually shared your testimony with somebody else? Anybody shared their testimony in the last week or month? Anybody? Dave actually prayed that prayer. He said, we overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. And there's power in sharing your testimony. We actually, in community, we all shared our testimony. Daryl and uh, Sam shared their testimony. Shantz and I shared our testimony. About half of the come. Next week, we'll do part two. But there's power in sharing our testimony because we realize, we remember, we go, God, you know what? You showed me mercy. You sh- remember what you did for me, God. It's incredible. I mean, I look at Chantal and my lives. Before we met... Um, I mean, I was a broken schizophrenic, um, and Chantal was, um, she came out of an abusive relationship, and God in that place decided to reveal his mercy to us and towards us individually. He, he forgave us of our sin. He set us free, um, and we've never been the same since that moment, honestly, and I trust that that has been the same for you, that you've had that encounter with God where he's shown you his mercy and stepped into your life. And if you haven't had that, we're going we're gonna to make an opportunity for you tonight to actually experience his mercy and his grace once again. All right. So, yeah, it's, I mean, even, um, yeah, even this week, I mean, it, that was a long time ago when I shared that. But even this week, God's been actually pressing on my heart just how, um, yeah, just how incredibly, um, yeah, just how much I need him still. Even though he's shown me mercy, but for me to live in what he's got for us, he's still requires a sense of me looking at God and going, you know what, God, the things you've called me to, I can't do unless I'm looking and gazing at your mercy and your grace. I mean, we were up there, we were in Benoni this last week with Dylan, 
we are handing um, over my son to um, amazing bunch of people at Rooted. There's a discipleship school up there. But they were incredible. They hosted uh, Gabe and Thorin and myself, and they were so generous with their time, their resources. I mean, they didn't let me catch a bolt. I said, look, I can bolt. I can get around, Uber, whatever. They were like, no, Dimitri's here. He's your chauffeur. He's got the spare car. He's got petrol in his car. If you need to get anywhere, he's got all the time in the world. He'll drive you to wherever you need to get to. And we were like, can't we just go get some food? And they let me get a little bit of food here and there. But they were like, no, man, you don't need to buy extra food. Whatever is in our fridge is yours. And you guys can just make yourselves at home. If you starve, it's your own problem. Um, and they were, just, they were just incredibly gracious and kind towards us. And I was like, yes, God. You know what? I'm, I'm not like that, actually, if I'm honest. I think, yeah, just the last little while, we probably got a little bit older and more selfish. Um, and with COVID, I think that didn't help. But I honestly like, felt so challenged just to open up my home again, to have people in my home. I mean, Dylan Hikes, I think you guys set an incredible example, actually, for us in terms of actually always opening up your home and, and, and always offering a coffee or a place to stay or what, a meal, whatever it is. And, yeah, honestly, you guys, we really want to honor you in just setting that example. And, and for myself, I'm like, God, I want to set that example, too. I want to be um, like that. I want to sacrifice myself again to lay down my life as a living sacrifice to you. It's not just a spiritual thing. It's actually a thing of actually going, you know what, hey, like... Eddie, I want to come see you this week, or Wayne, we need to hang out. Come and, come and eat with me. I know you don't drink coffee, but come drink water with me. Um, it's those things that are actually our living sacrifice. It's actually not going, God, like, my time is my time. I don't have time for this. It's actually laying down our lives and welcoming each other and actually treating each other like Jesus would treat us. So, um, yeah, that's just something that, that I've really been challenged, actually sacrifice my life again. All right, so the second thing is, is, this, is serving him wholeheartedly. And how do we do that? I'm glad you asked me that. We're going to look at Joshua 24, verse 14. How do we do that? Joshua 24, verse 14. Now fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped. And then verse 15, we're going to go one down. It says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the God of your ancestors the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So that's how we do it, guys. Um, it's a commandment that God actually gives us. But it's in light of his mercy that we can serve and love the Lord. Serve him wholeheartedly. Um, so fearing the Lord is... Um, yeah, I really trust that today that we are going to start to hand over more and more of our lives. Even if it's one little part of your life that you can hand over to God today. Say, God, it might be hospitality. It might be sacrificing my time. It might be, um, yeah, whatever it is. It could be tithing. It could be um, whatever. Something that God is highlighting. Can, I, can you help me do that in your grace and mercy, Lord Jesus? Um, so, yeah, so the fear of the Lord is a... That's where it starts. It says, yeah, the, so the fear, the fear of the Lord, a healthy fear of God is required under the new covenant for us to actually obey God. And f- often when we think of the fear of God, we might think, yes, that's actually quite a hectic thing to say. Like, how can the fear of God actually motivate me? But um, the New Testament, God is revealed as a loving father. Um, and he gives us men, the spirit of, uh, men and women, the spirit of sonship and daughtership. And we're invited to come boldly to his throne of grace. But at the same time as that, there still remains a sense of this father-son relationship where um, there's a sense of awe and greatness 
at who God is when we look at him. He's still, he might be a loving father, but there is also, if we don't obey him, there's also a sense that we, we actually face, um, outside the grace of God, we actually face the wrath of God in a sense. There is this healthy fear of God. And just an example to illustrate this. I don't know if anybody's got sons or daughters here, but I've got some quite uh, boisterous boys that are age 16 and 18. And they know that my love for them, they know that I love them, they know that I accept them, but they know that included in that love is a sense of consequence. There's also, if, I don't, if they don't obey me, they know that there's a healthy fear of dad. If, he, if they step out of line, that they are going to get consequences. Um, and that healthy fear of, of, um, of stepping out of line and sinning and breaking uh, my commandments, what I've told them to do, means that they are they're actually grown up as healthy um, secure individuals. They're actually not, they're not uh, scared boys. They're very bold and courageous, and they've got healthy minds and uh, souls. But there is just something of this thing of actually the, the love of God, um, including consequence, and has actually stopped them from doing bad things and actually doing things that might get them into serious trouble. So, and it's the same with our Father, God. He puts these healthy boundaries in place. For us, there's a good sense. It's not just the love of God. There's also the fear of God. Okay, so... Yeah, so Caleb, we're just going to quickly look at that. Yo, time goes faster in preaching, eh? <laughs> but I'm almost, I'm almost done with my second point here now. So, yeah, so there is a sense of, um, yeah, if we, do, if we do willingly reject Jesus and his commandments, that there actually nothing remains but actually a fearful expectation of judgment. Actually, Hebrews speaks about that. So there's, there is also the side to God where, we love to, to focus on the side of this loving, kind God that just says, come to me, my kushiku, everything's going to be all right. But actually, there's another side of God where actually there is, if we don't uh, listen to what he's saying, he's, there is actually, there's a wild side to God as well. Um, so there's an encouragement as well for us to serve him wholeheartedly. Okay, so, um, yeah, and, and, I've, and I've, been, I've been actually reading through this book uh, where Caleb uh, he comes and he actually serves, whole, he serves God wholeheartedly. And there's just a sense of uh, faithfulness to God's word, to what he's saying, that through the ages he, he lives a life uh, of actually growing from strength to strength as he grows old. So I just want to encourage you guys today, actually, that um, yeah, he, he, was, he was somebody that obeyed God completely. He didn't take things in half measures. He actually went all the way in terms of serving his God and king, and as a result, actually, he took Israel into victory. He brought them many victories over their enemies. That at the end of his life, he could go, he could say to God, you know, he was ready to face him and say, God, he knew his word, God's word of him would be my, my good and faithful servant. Um, all right, so, so yeah, so I want to encourage you guys today as well that um, the last part of that says, put, um, throw away your gods and the forefathers you worship beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Um, and actually that, that there might be some things in our lives, there might actually be idols in our lives, things that are actually stopping us from serving God wholeheartedly. And we actually spoke about it uh, during worship. There was this opportunity for God to break in in freedom. And in order for him to do that, we, we may have to actually repent and actually say, God, there's things in my life that I've made more important than you. Um, the idol speaks about here. It says that on which the affections that we have are strongly and often the excessively set, an object of passionate devotion, a personal thing greatly loved or adored. So that's what an idol means. If we look at Webster's Dictionary, what is an idol? You guys might think it's actually just this wooden statue that you bow down to. It might be a Buddha in your lounge, but that's not an idol. 
It's actually something that takes the place of God. That's actually um, that's higher than God in importance in terms of our devotions, uh, our devotion to Him. So, yeah. So, yeah. I just want to share a story out of my own life here. Um, just when it comes to to an idol in my own life, something that I had to work through. And um, yeah, this this week I really. I mean, I'm not going to go into details on it, but just to explain that. Um, I got angry at this week at somebody in my life that, that may have caused a potentially serious financial problem in our lives. And um, I remember on Thursday night, we were there, we were praying, and I actually just felt to, to actually repent of that thing, to actually bring that out in the open and go, God, you know what, this thing, this, this position that you've given me has actually become an idol in my life. And, it's, and because of that, I've actually reacted in anger towards this person because I've made that thing more important, that provision that this possession could give me more important than the situation, more important than you, God. And it, in a sense, I, um, I had to lay down my rights uh, to what I thought was, was right and fair and say, God, you know what, it's actually about your rights and what you want for me for my life. And actually say, God, it's actually, I want to sacrifice myself again. I don't want to hold things up as an idol that's higher than you. And, and, it, and, and the, the incredible thing about that was God wasn't, he wasn't angry with me. He said, my son, I actually want you to pass this test. This thing has come not to derail you, to make you feel like, oh God, like I actually can't do this. It's too hectic. But no, God is with me. His grace is with me to give me the power to actually pass that test and actually submit that idol to him and say, God, like, you know what? You actually bigger. I'm going to actually put that thing away and say, Lord, you actually my provider. I'm going to look at you. Because when you look at Jesus, we can see that those other things don't actually have power to help us. Awesome. All right. So, so to land... Let's have a look at it. Just one sec. I just want to get something to drink very quickly. I think I've got to put it in my pocket. Hold on, two secs. <laughs> look at that. It's cool, eh? Sorry, guys. Uh, it's a vanishing... Mm. So, so it happens when... Um, so what happens when space is a problem and you're flying around. <laughs> I'm not even joking. You can squish it into the side pocket of a camera bag. It's very helpful when you're sweating in the middle of Mozambique. All right, so to conclude, what is the first point we spoke about? Have we lost sight of the mercy of God that he has got for each one of us, that God's shown us in saving us from eternal separation from him and sending us actually to a place that's called hell? Have we lost sight of that? Have we actually gone, you know what, God, I don't need your mercy anymore. That's a scary place to be um, because, yeah, it's ultimately his, his mercy is the thing that is saving us from, from actually being separated in, for, from him forever. We didn't save ourselves, guys. It's not something we did in our own strength, but rather it's the grace and mercy of God that saves us actually from eternal separation from him. So is that you? Is there anybody like that that, that it could be? Um, and then the secondly linked to that, in light of his mercy, is there an area, can we hand over an area of our life that we've maybe taken a hold of, that we're not obeying God in, that actually God's saying to us, hey man, in this area, you aren't obeying me completely, and it's, it's become idolatrous, it's become something that's more important than me. Um, and, and if you're not sure what an idol is, it's, it's something that we talk about, and you think about, and you spend your money on, and that kind of rules your life. It's something that's actually more important than God. 
And it's easy, guys, our, our human heart is an idle factory. I mean, I know for myself, if I'm being honest, like, Facebook Marketplace is a problem. Like, that's, it's, it's something that I go to, like, too often at night. And I, honestly, like, I'm like, if I'm serious with you, God, like, I might need to get rid of my phone or, I mean, I know I've said this, but I'm, I might need to actually lock it up or give, you know, put in my safe, lock it up and give the keys to my wife to actually make sure that I can get rid of this idol. Um, because, like, what is the extent that you're going to go to actually to get rid of this thing that's actually distracting me from potentially spending 20 minutes or half an hour at night, almost every night, okay, not every night, but instead of spending time with God, I, I'm focusing on this idol of, ooh, look at that, look at the shiny, look at the new, look at the things that can make me happy. Um, so, so what is it today that, um, that could be an idol, an idol in your life? I really want to encourage you and challenge you that can we be bold today and actually choose to put away forever that idol and say, God, help me, because I'm actually done. I'm actually sick of that thing. I want to get rid of it. Okay. So, can we pray? That would be awesome. That would be amazing just to pray and ask God to come and help us with this. Awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, you're awesome, God. Yeah, you're amazing, Jesus. Thank you, God. Yeah, God, we just thank you, Lord, that you are a merciful, kind God, Lord, that you, in view of your mercy, Jesus, um, that we can offer our lives as living sacrifices to you, God. And we want to do it gladly, Lord God, because we remember, God, we choose to remember that day that we gave our hearts to you, Lord God, that we gave our lives up, Lord. We surrendered our, our rights to our own life, God. And we said, Lord, be the Savior, be the King, be the, be the one, be my everything, Lord God. I don't want to live my life for you anymore, Jesus. I want to live constantly in light of the mercy that you have shown me individually. Yeah, and maybe that is you today. Maybe that um, we just want to give actually an opportunity for you to come and actually to make right with God. Um, perhaps you've got hurt through his testings and you're not seeing the mercy of God clearly. Maybe things have happened to you in life. Maybe you've been in another church. Maybe um, there's been disappointments. Maybe you've, marriages have broken up. Maybe um, yeah, relations have, relationships have gone south. Maybe you're in a difficult time right now. Perhaps you've lost your job. Maybe you've, you're going through stuff, you know. You're going through hard, hard times. And you're saying, God, like, I'm actually angry with you, Lord. I'm, I'm actually over it, God. I want to throw in the towel. But tonight, he's actually saying to you, would you come to me? Would you come and find fresh mercy again for your situation? And then secondly, maybe you need to repent. Maybe you actually need to lay down an idol. Maybe there's something that you've lifted higher than God. Maybe it's a thing of money. Maybe it's career. Uh, could be a relationship. You might have even, your spouse could even be an idol. It might be Facebook Marketplace. It might be a number of different things. But there's a, there's, the scripture says that um, repent because times of refreshing will come, will flow from his throne. So there is this promise that as we repent, we will actually be refreshed in Jesus. So, um, yeah, just 